Hello, this is Learning Tarot Together. I'm your host, Felix Kingsley, full-time social worker, part-time tarot enthusiast, and I'm here to share my journey into learning the meaning behind all 78 tarot cards with listeners and guests. This week, we'll be looking into the meaning behind card number five of the Major Arcana, the Hierophant. Here to help me is Rufus. Hey, Rufus. Hi, um, I'm Rufus Roswell. I'm a uh, designer and writer and a magician, and I'm really excited to get to talk about this card. It's a complicated card, but fun, I think. And I'm excited to have someone who is like interested in talking about it, because I, at first, I think I used to have kind of a bias against this card, which we'll talk about more in the episode. I think a lot of people do, and I think it's a very misunderstood card that I'm just now kind of starting to understand better. But for listeners, um, so in the Fool's Journey, or the story of the Major Arcana, the Hierophant serves as like a teacher to the Fool, teaching him kind of conventional wisdom, how to be part of a group, um, how to like be part of society almost. Um, it's this kind of uh, introduction into being part of the whole after meeting, you know, having kind of like the mother and father figures. Uh, then we move into this more group setting or larger societal ideas. So I want to start by talking a bit about the imagery of the card. So if we're looking at the, ori- not the original, but if we're looking at the Rider weight version of the cards, the Hierophant is, looks it used to be referred to as the Pope, first of all, in prior decks, so that can kind of give you an idea of the type of figure that the Hierophant is. Um, but it's... Go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I, I don't know where we want to talk about the, the, the papal aspects of this. Um, is I think this we can talk good... about it right now. Yeah. Right. Well, so what's really interesting is I think that, like, the, the fact that it used to be called the Pope is one of the things that really biases people against it. Um, especially in like modern contexts where a lot of us, especially, um, both of us are queer, but especially mm-hmm. in like queer ma- magical circles, um, the Pope often represents like an oppressive force, uh, mm-hmm. in, in our personal lives and especially in the lives of those who are like touched by Christianity. Uh, but I, I think that one thing that's really important to understand about the tarot is that it emerges from a satirical tradition. And the really, the very earliest tarot cards or trompe cards um, were, uh, their figures were satirical figures from local politics, in specifically local politics of the Italian peninsula. And so a lot of the idea of this as a Pope card comes out from the fact that they were satirizing the Pope all the fucking time. And, like, it is... Um, and as it's traveled, uh, the Pope like imagery has changed a lot. Um, and the Rider Waite still is really, really um, based in the cards, but uh, he gets restylized as like different representations of like a force between like you and higher mystical power, like whoever keeps that line, right? Mm-hmm. In a mm-hmm. bunch of different ways. And um, I really like, I really advise like either leaning into like understanding him as the Pope or leaning away, but not just kind of leaving it in this like mid ground (laughs) because like, like think about him as like coming from the roots of like how like people who are satirizing the Pope or who lived with the Pope in their like every practical day lives saw Mm -hmm. him or Mm -hmm. being like, we're not going to think of him as a Pope rather than transplanting his cultural context to the now, but still taking him as the Pope. Um, mm-hmm. 
because that the what the pope is today for modern christianity isn't really what this card does yeah, right. I would definitely agree with you. So what changed my perspective about this card was that when I got um, the deck Terror of the Divine by Yoshi Yoshitani from uh, Alice, who was on the episode about the Empress, we were in a secret Santa and I got it. <laughs> and um, in that version of the card, the Hierophant is depicted as um, the white buffalo woman. And the description of the card says, the Hierophant is a divine figure and teacher who shares the rules, rites, and rituals to follow as a community. There's a place for everyone and everyone in their place. She encourages the comfort and support of the group, the path well trodden. And when I read that and I thought about, you know, okay, I am kind of biased against religion, maybe in my, or even to a certain extent, spirituality, which is funny giving a tarot podcast, but like there's biases I have in these areas that lead me to think of, and then there's also the biases of like the idea of conformity and like that, what that word, the connotation of that word, uh, that kind of led me against this card. But when I read this version of it and I thought about it more as just like a group leader, like someone who helps to teach the lessons that we need to like coexist in a society who like helps us gain strength from each other. Then I started to think about this card in a different way, which I think the traditional imagery of it is very much lacking. Like, or maybe I shouldn't say lacking. It's just like, it's just a different, it feels like a different meaning to me when I look at different versions of the cards. So like, I think this card in particular is one that depending how they're portrayed, you might interpret that card super differently from deck to deck. Right. Like for me, um, I, since I'm a hermetic magician, like I come very specifically from that tradition. Um, and I, I, I have, I read with all sorts of decks. I've read with the Rider Waite. I've read with the Lord of the Rings tarot, with the Night Vale tarot. Mm-hmm. Like I've read with it. But like the primary decks I use are ones that are also made by hermetic magicians. And in them... Oftentimes he's literally called the Pope, but not styled, like not imaged, like drawn mm-hmm. as one. And for mm. me, that often um, like really brings up this idea, this feeling of like, oh, he is about like a spiritual order. And I'm not saying like spiritual order as in a collection of people, but a spiritual order as in like everybody, everything in its right place, everything in its right um, time. And, mm-hmm. and, um, that even in a hermetic magical system, uh, the Pope has his place because he does speak with, like, with a voice of authority. And, and you can learn from him, even if you don't always agree about what he thinks about the right place and right time are. And, mm-hmm. and that's really shaped my reading of the imagery on this card. Yeah, that makes sense. I think another thing, too, about the imagery of the card that kind of emphasizes the idea of it being uh, like a teacher is that in a lot of the versions of the card, you see two or in other versions, maybe a different amount of people, but in the Rider Waite and another deck I'm looking at, you have two people in front of the Hierophant, like people that are significantly smaller, like they're in the foreground and they're significantly smaller than the Pope or the Hierophant and are like listening to this kind of like large divine wisdom so there's there's that aspect too in kind of how the Hierophant is portrayed in comparison to the people in the card, like the other people in the card is another interesting aspect to kind of 
take into how you might interpret the card. Was there other specific imagery in the card you want to talk about? We can definitely talk more about the history of the card because I know that you've done a lot of research. Yeah, let me... uh, I have a really great book called um, The Ultimate Guide to the Rider-Waite. And it uh, pulls out, like, interesting aspects of the... Like, very specifically of the imagery to Mm -hmm. look at. And let me just see if there... Let me do a quick skim and see if there's anything interesting. Yeah, one thing is, like, the papal cross is in there, which has like a lot of different meanings um so it could be like the father son the holy spirit but also can kind of speak to the role as like a leader a teacher speaks also to the domains of power which from what i was reading the papal cross has to do with like temporal material and spiritual realms but also on like the virtues of hope love and faith and i think that those aspects the hope love and faith i have to remember i have to remind myself sometimes that like Beyond the trauma I might have experienced religiously, there's also a lot that people get out of it, (laughs) like, and that people, um, and that not everything is just, like, the, the Lutheran churches I was raised in, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, that's something that, like, I really had to fight against, because I, I didn't my religious trauma is a lot more complicated than just being part of a church. Yeah. Uh, mine but, is very minor. Yeah. But is, is such uh but it's such a thing to be like, to have to like, to want to walk away from spiritual authority and yet to see this card. Um, mm-hmm. One, one interesting thing in the imagery is that the cross keys at the bottom uh, mm-hmm. are the symbol of Peter, the gatekeeper um, mm. of St. Peter and it's one of the things that, like, helps bring out this card's, like, secondary meaning, not of the Pope, but of the person who, like, helps usher you into spirituality. Um, mm-hmm. uh, again, coming from a Christian context, like, the context of St. Peter. But um, it is, but it's interesting. Uh, the other thing is that he, uh, his left hand, right hand, whichever hand is not holding the cross, <laughs> His right hand is uh, up right in the benediction. I can, yeah. I, yeah, is, uh, that's the symbol for as above, so below. Which again is a phrase that I still don't understand. <laughs> I talked about this in an earlier episode. I talked about the magician episode. Can you explain that phrase to me better? I just like cannot wrap my brain around it. Yeah, so um, as below, as above, so below um, is uh, very much... Um, let me actually, I'm making sure I have a meeting. Like, it is about our connection to the spiritual realm or to, like, higher realms of power. And this idea is that, like, things that happen in the spiritual realm have also happened on our plane of existence. And the opposite in reverse. And and it's this idea that, like, we are not separate from um, the spiritual plane uh, and that we can understand the spiritual plane through what we observe about our the non-spiritual plane. And it's it's very much in Gnostic like thought about um, like that there is a correspondence between the laws of like the natural life and that of like higher spiritual life. And to live a good natural life is also to live a good spiritual life. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And that there's, like, a lot of different interpretations of this, especially in different branches of, um, 
especially hermetic magic, but magic of all types. Um, it comes from, is a, it's like a paraphrasing of the Emerald Tablet, which is a, a hermetic text from the late 8th or 9th century. And, and that says, that which is above is like that which is below, and that which is above below is like that which is above. One of the possible translations is replacing like with from. And so mm. being like, to discuss this like movement of energy from that which is above to that which is below and then back up to that which is above. And it's about sort of like the cyclical nature of energy in our world. Mm, mm -hmm. One of the things is that uh, Anaximanda uh, said that love produces energy and conflict organizes it. And that um, in order to really live life, you must like in order to really achieve higher energy and higher knowledge, you must embrace both love and conflict. And that was one of the things that uh, So Above, So Below was drawing on was this idea of like, you must embrace both like the practical, physical organizing aspects of your spirituality and like the the undying love of, of God or of, of spirit, right? Mm. And it gets more complicated like that once you get into like, who are people like who are the people who are posing this uh especially when you get like all the way up towards like crowley and stuff but that's like the core of it okay i think i understand that a little bit better now it it's just like a i think because i have so little experience with spirituality in some ways that or at least any kind of like structured spirituality with any guidance from outside sources <laughs> um, that I struggle sometimes with even thinking about like, well, what does it even mean? Like the spiritual plan and partially because it means something different for a lot of different people. Uh, and you're going to interpret it differently based on your own kind of beliefs. Uh, but I think that this idea of what we do externally, even if I just think about it that way, like what we do externally reflects like our, our inner being, and our inner being reflects what we do externally, if we think about it even just on that level, that helps me to make more sense of the kind of broader idea of it, of yeah, and, the material and spiritual. Yeah, and I think that's just as good, like, like the, the because I'm deep in the esoteric end, like, my, my answer came from the esoteric, but I think that that's just mm -hmm. as good an interpretation. Like, whatever, what it really is, is talking about is, like, the ability of energy and correspondence to flow from one thing to another, even when they seem unconnected. Mm -hmm. And, and like, your below can be your, like, personal practical, and your above be just, like, your internal world, right? But mm -hmm. they're still, they're still connected in correspondence and flow of energy. Yeah, I think that makes a lot more sense to me, and thinking about that. And then also thinking about, like, well, what is a spiritual teacher teaching us? And it's, like, teaching us how to be, in a lot of ways, how, like, how to be good humans, how to be good humans for other people, how to, like, respect and care for each other, if we're, you know, how to, you know, how our actions impact the rest of the world, you know, those types of concepts. Before we get into the upright meaning of the card, did you have other things you wanted to talk about in regards to the history of the card? Yeah, let me talk about a couple of different ways it's been styled. Absolutely. Because I think that will, that, it's just interesting. So in the, I think, like, 
13th century, 14th century, <laughs> the Pope got really mad that he was on a tarot card. That's amazing. And, and uh, like, put down uh, laws that, um, that he was, like, it was your, if you were caught with a tarot deck that had, like, a stylization of the Pope or nun in it, then that was illegal. <laughs> and... <laughs> So, um, for a lot of that time, the four, the four, like, they're called temporal rulers, the empress, the high priestess, the emperor, and the hierophant were replaced with four Moors, or four Spanish kings. Um, there's a really, really amazing historical, um, deck from the Netherlands that styles this card as Bacchus. Which I love because it is such a different interpretation of the card, but actually comes down to the same thing, which is in that, like, Bacchus is an introducer to, like, divine divinity, right? But through substance, like, Mm -hmm. and, and through, like, the Bacchanalia, and, like, in through, like, um, excess. And it is, it is... Uh, he, in the place of the Hierophant, serves the same sort of role as, like, like spiritual teacher, but the context is just so different, which is, like, Yeah, great. like, you wouldn't be thinking of, like, structure or the kind of, like, more restrictive ideas that often come with the Hierophant, like, right. when you think of, but, I yeah. mean, not necessarily structure, but, well, I mean, structure, yeah, societal structure in that sense. And I, I think that works really well because it, it really calls back to, like, the idea of the carnivalesque, where that you, like, in order to maintain the structures of society, you have to let off steam, right? Mm-hmm. That, like, the Bacchanalia exists in order to maintain the structures the rest of the year. Well, right? and Bacchus is kind of the guardian, like, isn't... I'm I'm looking online right now just to remind myself like but like I'm seeing the one phrase is like guardian of traditions which is like very much so the concept of mm-hmm. this card in a lot of right. ways. Yeah, he's also been uh styled as Jupiter which is a much more like straightforward um reading for like the king like the head spiritual teacher being the king of the gods. And it also, like, very clearly calls on, like, his meaning of, like, tradition and everything in his right place. For, like, Jupiter is, like, the gift giver, but also, um, like, he who helps you step in your po- into your power by, like, helping you find your, your, the, the right, the place where you are at your highest power. Um, and also he- Oh, okay. That just put, like, everything in his place, like- into more perspective for me Mm -hmm. like when you look at jupiter on your uh on your birth chart like it helps tell you like where you have the most like opportunity or when you are at your strongest like for me i um like my jupiter is in aquarius which is um a car like about individuality but also about like the social aspects and it is like I always think of it as, like, telling me that, like, I am at my best and I am at my most powerful when I am leaning into my the aspects of myself that make me feel special and that make me feel, like, unique and when I am sharing those with people socially. And that's a really good way, I think, of framing the hero font that, like, he helps you find that place. 
That is really interesting, and I can't wait to look up what that means about me later, because I don't know what my Jupiter is offhand. <laughs> uh, um, and the last the last card style is, this is a really simple one, I just think it's interesting, in the still Christian, but in like the less, less popal, papal version, he's also sometimes styled as the abbot, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you will see uh, him and the high priestess as the abbot and like the high um, mother superior or like the head of the nunnery and thinking mm-hmm. them as like the two different bran- the two like gendered branches of like spiritual wisdom. Mm-hmm. Which I really love. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And that kind of goes along with some of the other mm-hmm. kind of connected cards. So I do want to get into the upright meaning of the card so when we're and we've talked about it a lot already, kind of some of these ideas that go along with this card. But when I think about the upright meaning of this card in a in a reading, like a general reading, I usually think about it as being my my first thoughts are usually about kind of traditional thinking and conformity. Now that's not necessarily the the best way to think about this card always, but those are like the first things that come to mind is kind of the idea of like. If I pull this card, I might think, oh, I might want to go to more traditional people I might think of as mentors. Like, I might want to look for advice from my family or close loved ones or from, if I were religious, like a religious leader or from, like, a kind of typical trusted advisor that that might be where I need to seek knowledge and that I might need to be seeking knowledge outside of myself that I need a teacher in some sort of way to help me understand things better in my life and give me more perspective. That's one way I kind of interpret this card. Um, I I also, when I think about kind of morality and it comes into it, I start to think about using kind of more traditional, like, like looking kind of like externally for what society kind of expects in a way. Because, I mean, there's different times where for all of us, doing what is kind of the societally expected thing can be what's best for us and sometimes it's not, you know, and that's one thing I think about. But I think one thing I don't think about enough when I think about this card is this idea of belonging of belonging, mm-hmm. and being part of a group. I think that that is one aspect of this that I really, as a reader, have been kind of failing to fully consider. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a big part of this card. Yeah, it is. Um, this card is really, I, I really think of this card as an about like outward spirituality or, or outward, like structural uh, engagement with like, and, and here I'm using spirituality in to mean like anything that makes you feel connected. Right? Like, mm-hmm. not just like spirituality in the like, like for instance, like I'm I'm currently in a in a therapeutic process, and one of the things that we do there is we have to talk about our spiritual connections, but like in the broadest possible popular like possible way of talking about it, right? And like for me, it's about like the outward things that make you feel connected, right? And and that yeah, like that's being part of a group or or like um, social structures or ways of being that really um like like that foster that connection and give you structures in which you can foster that connection 
mm-hmm. whatever that connection is, whether it's like literally towards a religion or whether it's simply towards like the joy of having friends, you know? Yeah. I, I also think there's this kind of aspect of supervision in the card. Like as a social worker, I think about supervision and the fact that when you are a social worker, you when you're getting licensed for at least in Michigan for the first couple of years, you have to have a supervisor who you discuss things with and who you like talk things through with. And you, you come to gain a better understanding of things by these conversations and this outward perspective. And I think there's that kind of aspect in this card where it is encouraging you to reach out to, to Mm -hmm. others and to sources of traditional wisdom to help you better understand things that you might be lacking or that you might not be understanding, but that that wisdom exists out in the world. You just need to be able to access it. And I think it's very different from kind of like the lovers if we're thinking about those two cards, like mm-hmm. res being right next to each other, where the lovers is much more about kind of this like independent, free-spirited thinking in some ways. Mm-hmm. I think of this card as being more like look less within and look more externally for assistance um yeah not that your inner not not that your inner wisdom isn't helpful or important but that this card is really saying that maybe that's not enough maybe you're missing something maybe an outside perspective is going to teach you more we all have to seek out supervision at times because we all get stuck in our own biases and our own Mm -hmm. our own way of thinking that we need people with more you know this is a card of experience in a lot of ways. It's a card of knowledge and experience and accessing those things. Yeah, I uh, I really think about it as like one of the four types of authority and that we see in the tarot. We see a lot of different types of authority in the tarot, but the the four cards, like um, the, the four temporal rulers that I was talking about before, mm-hmm. uh, they really form a square in my head where the men are about like outward authority and the women are about inward authority which obviously has a lot of gender mm-hmm. connotations that i don't necessarily believe but understanding gender as symbol here and that's what i've been talking about in this podcast a lot is that understanding the meaning of the tarot does rely on a lot of archetypes and stereotypes to a certain extent mm-hmm. you know that help us to grasp onto these kind of ideas you know, so it is like these archetypal archetypal ideas of womanhood, of manhood, of gender that help you to understand this kind of meaning that maybe we should be straying away from as we continue to update these cards over time. And I think a lot of decks have been. Yeah. Uh, but that still is like kind of a useful tool <laughs> to be thinking of, to help you memorize the cards and like to help you like cling on to the meanings because i mean archetypes are there for a reason right to help structure and teach you so yeah i'm i'm currently in the process of like making of making my own deck and i like i had that moment where i thought about like whether or not i should degender cards um Mm -hmm. like like replace gendered cards with something less gendered and then the day i decided like i just didn't want to do that because the the language of gender is so useful in the tarot and because i'm somebody Mm -hmm. who i don't necessarily feel like i am non-binary but i think of myself as by gender rather than like i am not interested in genderlessness i am i am interested in extremes of genderedness and mm-hmm. and to degender cards felt like it was robbing them of some of their like power and connection to the past and i like i wanted 
to find names and ways of styling cards that brought that gender into a more modern and more understandable and less stereotyped context, but did not take it away. Mm-hmm. And I ended up styling, I'm styling, I'm not, I'm still in the process, but I ended up deciding on styling this card as the maternal grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. As like the person who brings you into the the male net, like the male lineage of your mother, right? And, and mm-hmm. introduces you to that kind of, that kind of spirituality and and that kind of like welcoming you into the world i i really do think like the masculine aspect of this card is important in some ways the Mm -hmm. the tarot often treats masculine cards as facing outwards and feminine cards as facing inwards and like the love and conflict i was talking about before treating them as two things that are both are necessary and equally powerful but in in different directions in many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I agree with that for sure. Because I mean, most of like, when I see a woman on a tarot card, I'm thinking, okay, intuition, mm-hmm. abundance, fertility, you know, like these types of things, because that's what the cards tend to lean on as like kind of concepts. But they're not bad concepts. Like, yeah. they're, you know, like they're not like it's I'm fine with that personally. I mean, and I think that our as our ideas of gender change over time, our ways of looking at these cards have changed. And sometimes I find it I push on myself a little bit. Like if I'm looking at a masculine card and I'm getting too much into the like, oh, this is authority and structure and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, well, what else are some masculine traits that could be like about this that are maybe less forceful? you know um yeah a way and then i started thinking of like protection and like um and like other other adjectives that i could think of if i wasn't <laughs> if i had them written down <laughs> yeah i mean another way to think about it is that like this is a that's a split like that happens uh even in queer spaces between men and women that like mm-hmm. um when you i was reading a while ago like a history of the development of queer spaces in the united states and so obviously this is very western focused but but the idea that lesbian relationships grew at home and men's and gay relationships grew out of the house and like Mm -hmm. like you can read that same existence in the masculine versus feminine aspects of the and there's a lot of reasons for why that happened mainly that that women's like that private home spaces were considered private and in a way that men uh couldn't be intimate in Right. And um, mm-hmm. that there was some externalization of, of what the what and where the intimacy should happen. What and where? Just where. <laughs> um, but uh, but like that's another way of reading this is that like, well, yeah, the the men in the tarot go out of the house. Right. Or and I'm using house here in like a really symbolic meaning of like of like traveling outwards. Mm-hmm. Where like the feminine cards travel inwards or towards, and mm-hmm. and them talking not about like a state of masculine state of being, but a masculine way of moving, right? And mm-hmm. and that's always really helpful for me. Yeah. So let's say I always like to go through and just at least touch very briefly on like let's say you got this in a love reading, let's mm-hmm. say you got this in a career reading, right. you know. So when I think about love (laughs) love reading with the hierophant that's like one that i find a little complicated Mm -hmm. in some ways i think about it of 
like again i kind of go back to this like, traditional wisdom idea again like how like what might this sounds so silly because a lot of people don't have good relationships with their parents but i literally think about it almost of like well what would your parents say about this would they want this for you or like what would your mentor think about about your actions here like is this something that they would want for you yeah like i kind of start to think about or like maybe you need to seek an outside perspective maybe you're too wrapped up in the situation you're not really seeing you know the forest for the trees you know because we all can get wrapped up in in love so easily sometimes we need outside perspectives to give us a better maybe more i don't want to say um objective because it's never objective but you know just another outside view of of things because sometimes when you're in it it can just you can get lost <laughs> yeah uh, another way that's that's one way i might use it yeah, yeah. another way it might ha- uh you might be able to read it is is like asking you to do the traditional thing and that and that is like mm-hmm. oh you like somebody and you see this card well like ask them out and ask them out you know in a traditional <laughs> way or like if you're if you're uncertain about where you are in your relationship have the conversation and obviously a lot of times mm-hmm. relationships don't look like those like cliches but this card mm-hmm like encourages you to lean on them as a way of like structuring yourself in your thought process. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if you're having trouble, like if you don't know what to do, you know, like if you don't know what to do next, like think about what's a traditional kind of date you could take them on. Right. Mm-hmm. Or what, or if you're having trouble in a, like, f- like connecting with them, thinking about like what traditional thing they might be missing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and how to bring that, and use that as connection. Kind of getting back to the basics in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. When I think about career, I think a lot about the mentorship aspect of this card. So I think a lot about relying on, again, like the supervision in your in your career to help you move forward or to help you overcome an obstacle that you might be having to maybe seek out further wisdom from people. So let's say, for example, you're applying for jobs. You might want to seek out just like an informational interview with someone to give you a better idea of like how you can best sell yourself, how you can best set yourself up for success. You know, or it could be following some very traditional aspects of like suggested career advice, like make sure you send those follow up emails, make sure you're doing, you know, (laughs) those types of things. But I think it also can be kind of if we're thinking about the group aspect of this card, it can be relying on your coworkers, like um, being part of the culture of your work, being part of those, you know, those things. And that will help you go further. Yeah, I think it or whatever your goal is. I think it also means like reaching out, like thinking about like the idea of like every person in their place, thinking about like where your skills can make the most impact and then delegating delegating or asking for help in the things that you can't. Right. And like mm-hmm. and like team building in the context of like where is when is everybody in their right place and we're all working optimally. Mm-hmm. Or even maybe need just literal need for further education, because I think a lot about the teacher aspect of this card. So it could be like you literally are just missing information that you need and you need to be seeking out that wisdom. Mm -hmm. Or that you're missing somebody who can open a door for you. And that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's all that's all job these days. but, But right. Yeah. Um, not that you have any reason to be thinking about that. <laughs> no, not that I'm not um, desperately trying to get out of my job. So, 
Um, so I want to go into the reverse meaning of this card. So when the card appears, for people who don't read the cards regularly, if the card appears upside down, some people like to read it a different way. I personally am someone who uses the reverse of the cards. Do you? Um, I used to, but I don't anymore. Okay. I, I found that, like, I, I'll have, so I'll have stuff to say about this, but I, like, just in general, I found that, like, the farther, I'm on my, like, 15th year of reading now like or 16 yeah. and I found that like sometime about like three or four years ago I stopped needing them reversed mm-hmm. and and found it more powerful to always read it upright and just pull out the meanings that the the other cards in the spread pulled out and and treat it as something that can a card can contain both its reversed and upright at the same time right yeah. And mm-hmm. and finding when it's negative aspects based on where in the spread it is. Like maybe reading it more negatively if it's in the blocker position. Yeah. And we'll talk about that a little bit more too. So mm-hmm. you can maybe touch about that a bit more right. at, at the last thing we'll do. But so basically when we think about the reverse of the card, we're thinking about kind of like the other side of the same coin. You know, so like you said, these things can all exist in one space because it's really it's not like a different concept. It's just a different approach to that concept, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're thinking about the reversed idea of this card, you might be thinking more about the need to break those traditions or to choose an unconventional approach. Uh, You might see the need, uh, the lack of need for external approval. You might see this kind of idea of like independence Mm -hmm. or um, flexibility or freedom. You might see someone questioning authority or traditionalism, maybe not stepping away from it, but... Uh, it might be a card signifying that you need to think about whether or not that really is what is best for you at this time. Yeah, I also, I think about a lot, like, a disorder of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, or, mm-hmm. or like, being embedded in structures that are working against your best interests. Ooh, I think that's a really good one. Um, Like, it because, like, at his best the Hierophant is creating structures that help everyone. And at his worst, the Hierophant is creating structures that help himself. And and in reversed, that, like, those more negative or selfish aspects are really higher up, like, come to light. Yeah. I think we can get more into kind of the meaning of the reverse card by talking about, like, how we would read the, this, the upright card in a, in a reading that is like i don't know what's working against you or like what's blocking you or what are your obstacles and so if we're thinking about the upright version of this card in that setting that's going to be a lot of what the kind of reverse and i think that's maybe what you're saying that it kind of depends on the spread yeah you know that you're doing and you can interpret it based on that which i do find that I have tried doing without the reverses right now. I still find it helpful, Mm. but I can definitely see how as you are doing it long enough and get comfortable with like different spreads and things that you could not need that. Yeah. Um, I like for me at the end of the day, like it's yeah, it's just about like and like I did read with reverses for a long time because I, I really enjoyed and needed that push in the right direction. Right. Like. Mm-hmm. and and also wanted to like but at the end of the day like the reason i stopped is because not because the reverses aren't useful but because i i wanted to see the best in the cards <laughs> like i wanted to use it 
I I wanted to see less of the negative. I wanted to see. I kind of get that more I really the, do. Yeah, more of the upright. And I like I I was <laughs> frankly I was sick of it being like like pulling reverse when I read about my mental health and like I was like I want to frame this positively, right? Like I want to I want to frame things towards healing and the best way to do that is just to be like okay we're not going to be living in this reverse world anymore that's really interesting i've definitely had that impulse especially when i've drawn cards where i'm like Ugh, why are these all in reverse <laughs> yeah but i i i've just found it more challenging for myself to expand the meanings of the cards out to include the reverses not that not that not using the reverses mean you're not including those meanings but but for me to kind of force myself to think of it in a different perspective and maybe even challenge myself to do what we're kind of talking about right now, which is how to interpret these cards when they're in kind of mm -hmm. uh, a position and a spread that isn't mm -hmm. the clearest meaning, you know? So when I think about the upright card being in like a what's blocking you spread, then that's where I get a lot of the idea that maybe these, like you said, maybe these traditional systems are not in your best interests. You know, maybe mm -hmm. they are in some way stagnating or obstructing you. I think about the need to believe in yourself and believe in yourself maybe above what others are telling you that sometimes you need to trust that inner voice and i think that when this card in the upright comes into like a what's blocking you setting it could be that that you're like spending too much time worrying about what other people are thinking definitely and not enough time worrying about what you're thinking <laughs> yeah i think i think upright or reversed when this card comes in uh like a blocker or a challenge or a what is holding you back like kind of spot it, it is almost always has to do with confidence or with like not not just like staying true to yourself like upright like i think it can really it can really mean like you're you're giving too much of yourself to the structures around you and reversed it might mean the not necessarily the opposite but that like you might need to listen to what structures you actually need like listen to what structures your body is telling you to put in place like for instance three meals a day <laughs> <laughs> yes everybody i'm gonna say the thing that i've been tweeting about the last like 24 hours yes exercise eating well and drinking water is probably not gonna cure your clinical depression but you're certainly not gonna get your mental health any better if you're not taking care of the basics so do your best you can't succeed every day but you can try and trying is important yeah it's it's uh yeah and very specifically one of the things that, like that you know the people in my therapeutic process tell me all the time is that like doing specifically rhythmic exercise and like letting your body fall into a rhythm can help you just like process everything or anything mm -hmm. i recommend long walks and not necessarily on the beach <laughs> uh so is there anything else you wanted to say about this card before we wrap up not really i i think this is actually i think the thing is like this is just a card that grows on you <laughs> I think it's a card that is a little bit obscure and a little bit mired in a lot of like real world things in a way that I think just like a lot of early readers, you, but also just like everybody, including myself when I was like in my first like five years of reading, I just could not. Well, yeah. Yeah. I could not understand. A lot of people didn't want to do this episode. <laughs> like. I'm not kidding. Like, a lot of people who I talked to before I, like, booked this when I was just saying, like, yeah, you know, I'm doing these cards. They're, like, not the Hierophant. 
<laughs> which is wild to me. I I mean, like, I, I mean, this would, probably wouldn't have been my top choice. Like, my top choice might have, would probably have, uh, have been the devil because I am so interested in, in like the symbology of that one or in, um, the star, but this card is just like, actually, I'm so glad I ended up with it because it is so interesting. And because it is like such a late, it, it is one of the last cards to come when you're like reaching mastery, even though it's pretty early on in the cycle, I think. And partly that's true just because like, you know, not to be a little bit mystical, but like, it takes a while reading tarot to really unlock that higher potential of like reading mm-hmm. and being able to read it. And so it's natural that a card about unlocking higher potential is going to come late in your understanding. And like 15 years in, I'm only now just really feeling confident reading this card. Like, and, and partially that's because I've been in a lot of places where like, I'm not, necess- I'm not pulling this card a lot. It's probably one of the cards I've pulled least over my 15 years reading. But the more I read it, the more I kind of like like get it and welcome it in part because mm-hmm. it, it it reminds me that there are traditional structures around me that are meant to help me, right? And yeah, and like that's a reminder I need sometimes, especially as like a trans autistic person who has had a lot of structures work against me. Yeah, well, like we were just saying, you know, if you pulled this card and you're doing a reading about your own mental health, it could be a lot about like following the traditional advice that no one wants to follow, you know, mm-hmm. that is, you know, but it's true. Like you can, you can think about it in these ways that sometimes these traditional advice, it's there for a reason, you know, we've, it's lasted this long for a purpose <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and we have to come to understand better when those traditions are working for us and when they're working against us. But there's a lot of tradition that is beneficial and there's a lot of belonging that is not just about conformity but but about belonging you know so we gotta acknowledge those things when we are and not just thinking only about and also a reminder that as much as the spiritual world and those things are helpful we also need teachers and guidance to help us yeah exactly like we can't just do everything by ourselves yeah and that like this is this is sometimes a card that just slaps you in the face with ask for help idiot (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> on that note, that's that's a good summary. Yeah. Ask for help, idiot. Um, on that note, how can people find you on the internet? And is there anything you want to plug? Yeah. Uh, my name. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Roswell Writes on Twitter, and at Roswellians.itch.io um, for my games and stuff. I have a lot of really cool oracle-based games um, that and like games about symbology that um, people who like this podcast might like. Uh, and you should go check them out. Uh, particularly, um, history is gone, but we might remember, which is about making your own oracle system. Hell yeah! Uh, you can find me online at Epsilina on Twitter, E P S I L I N A. You can find me on Tumblr at Time Being Tarot dot tumblr.com i also do tarot readings if you want to commission one you can do that on ko-fi or coffee i never know how to pronounce it but ko-fi.com slash e-p-s-i-l-i-n-a and then thank you big shout out to aaron longoria who you can find on twitter at you are underscore tomato boy for our theme music and for our beautiful icon and if you want to listen to more podcasts if you're podcast crazy check out other podcasts on moonshot network at moonshotpods.com 
thank you for joining and we will talk to you next week to talk about the lovers <laughs>